Why don't you open your Bibles, if you will, to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. This is not what I had, I had originally planned to preach. And, uh, but the Lord kind of spoke to me this morning to minister to this, to minister this. And, and I spent, I don't know how long. I got notes, all kinds of notes. But I don't know. I just feel like the Holy Ghost is leading me here to this chapter. And so, uh, we'll, let's just see where the Lord takes us. In, uh, Mark chapter four, verse one, it says, and again, Jesus began to, uh, began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude would gather to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And, and whole multitudes was on the land facing the sea or facing him. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some seed fell, uh, some seed fell on the stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some feed fell, seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and, the, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Verse 13 says, And he said to them, uh, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? He said, If you don't understand this, and you're not going to understand any of them. I know a lot of times people, and y'all may heard me say this before, and y'all probably heard people say it. You might have made these statements and said these things uh, that they said, "Well, I just I don't read the word because I just don't understand it." And so many people, you know, I don't know if that's just an excuse uh, for not reading the Word of God, or if truly that's what they they think. Well, you know, I'm trying. So here's what I found out: if all you're trying to do is understand it in your own mind, and you're trying to you're you're gonna have a you're gonna struggle with it. You got to listen. You got to let the Holy Ghost teach you. Isn't that what First John said? You have an unction from the Holy One. You have anointing from God. He dwells on the inside of you, and He'll teach you all things. See, we have a teacher on the inside. We need to lean towards that teacher when we're in the Word of God. Listen, you should not ever go in there in, into your study thinking, "Well, you know, I, I'm going to read, but I know I'm not going to understand nothing. I'm not going to get nothing out of it." Well, you're going in there defeated. You you start your whole reading process with the idea, I'm not going to understand nothing, but at least I'm going to read it. Well, you know, the Bible tells us we are to get understanding. We're to be able to understand it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Actually, one translation said faith comes by hearing and understanding the Word. And so understanding the Word causes faith to come. Listen, if you don't understand it, you won't be able to make a stand in your life if you don't understand the Word of God and how it works. Jesus talked about a parable of a sower and then he was going to explain it to them because the disciples themselves didn't understand this parable. And so they said, you're going to have to teach us this parable. You're going to have to tell us what you're saying to us so we can understand it. Listen, nobody actually wants to read the Word of God and have no understanding of it. I mean, we want an understanding. Now, you ain't going to read it and get out everything out of it at first that you're going to, God wants you to get out of it. You're going to have to chew on it a while. Amen. You gotta, you gotta meditate on, you gotta think about those things. 
And it says in verse 13, And Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? He goes on to say this, The sower sows the Word. The sower sows the Word. Now, what did he talk about in the first uh, 12 chapters? He was talking, or verses, he was talking about the sower sows seed. He sows seed. And now he says that seed is the Word of God. Did you know every one of us is a seed sower? I'm talking about if you quit speak the Word of God and you declare the Word of God, if you witness to somebody, Elijah, and you're telling them about the goodness of God, you're sowing seed into their lives. If you're speaking over your finances and, and you're spreading, speaking over your finances, speaking over your family, you're sowing seed in that area of your life. And so he said, the sower sows the seed and uh, uh, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, listen to what it says, when they hear, Satan comes after about three weeks after he you hear the word, Satan comes. The Bible says he comes immediately. He comes immediate. How, how, how's quick's immediate? It, it's kind of like when you hear the word today, when you walk out the door, he'll be there to try to get it away from you. In fact, he'll try to get it from you before you ever leave the service. He's tried, he's worked that on me and he's worked it on you and he works it on people all the time. He understands this. There's something about that seed that will change everything about your life. And if they let that seed take root on the inside of them, in fact, let's keep reading. He says, when, when they hear the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. They heard it. They probably thought about it. But I'm telling you, he comes to take that away. Why? If he can get that word from you, it's never going to be productive in your life. Huh? There's going to be people that, that just, just excel in the things of God and others are going to struggle because I'm telling some people won't refuse to let the devil rob from them where others just give it over to them. Huh? I'm telling something. Uh, if a thief come to my, my house and try to steal something from me, he's, he's going to have a problem there. There's going to be a problem. I'm just not going to hand it over to him. I'm not going to say, here, let me get my doll and roll my refrigerator out to your car for you. And that's the way some of us do. We just say, well, oh, well, maybe this stuff don't work. Well, that's one of the biggest lies of the devil. Well, it's not working for me. It don't work for me. I hear that preacher talking all that. I hear these preachers talking about that. I even have friends that talk about all the goodness of God and how God's blessed them and done all that. And that stuff just isn't working for me. Well, devil, something happened there. The devil took that word of, that caused you to believe or start to believe and took it away from you and took it out of your heart and you just gave it up. Here it is. He says he comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in his heart. And notice what it says in verse 16, that these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. When they hear the word, they immediately... If you'll read this, you'll find out he's talking about the soil of our hearts. And he's talking about four groups of people, four groups of soil is what he's talking about in this particular passage. He said, these are the ones that Satan comes immediately, takes away the Word of God. So there's some people that immediately after that, when they hear the Word of God, Satan's able to take that Word away from them and it don't produce anything in their lives. And the thing about it is, but there's others hearing the same Word that it it, it begins to get on the inside of them. And uh, so when he's talking about, well, there's a group of people that Satan's going to take the Word of God, he tries it with all of us. 
He tries it with me. I mean, with me being the preacher of the Word, me being the pastor, he still tries to rob that Word. I can hear people preaching sometimes, and if I don't watch out, the old devil will start putting thoughts in here and say, well, that all, that, that, it ain't happening like that for you. It ain't happening like that for you. And I have to choose to, to let him steal what I heard or me to say, hush, I'm not going to hear that. I believe the Word of God's working, and it's working right now. Amen. See, a seed grows, right? When you plant it, it grows. You know where it grows first? In the ground. The roots begin to go into the ground. And when the roots go into the ground, you, you, you can't see that. But it's growing into the ground. Why? It's, it, what, here's why. It, it, because if it would have grew up first, it would have no stability in it. And anything would come and knock it over. Anything. I mean, a grasshopper could jump on it and it fell over. Why? Because not. so the seed begins to grow inside the ground first. So the work, the seed begins to grow in your heart, in your spirit. And you do it through meditating and it's growing on the inside of you. And what the word of God is doing is it's, 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 it's taking root. It's taking root. And so he said it was sown in their hearts. Uh, these are the likewise the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Hallelujah. I tell you what, I've received the word of God and I think, glory to God, man, that, Whoo, that is good. That is good. Anybody ever just thought, man, I've been tasting and I see God's good. Been tasting the word. It says, uh, uh, and they, the ones that were sown on stony ground, sown on stony ground, when they hear the word, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arising for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Immediately they stumble. When, listen to what it says, when tribulation. Listen, the devil's still at work here, right? I mean, if he comes to steal the word of God, he uses the, the persecution and tribulation to steal the word of God from you. Huh? I, I was just like we heard somebody say the other day. They said, well, somebody made the statement about an individual that was uh, leaving with a, a cancer and, and uh, uh, was dying of cancer and all such as that. And they talked, and here's what they were saying. They were said, they're a good person. They're a good person. Why is this work doing this on them? I've been horrible all my life and it's not happening to me. Why is it happening to them? They've been good all their life. They've done all things good and right. Why is that happening? Why is this happening to them and it's not happening to me? Well, listen to me because the devil. Of course, we got to share that with them too. But the thing about it is, that's the way we look at it sometimes. We look at it, well, you know, they're such a good person. such a, Well, let me tell you something. The devil don't care if you're good, bad, or ugly. Does he? He don't really care about your reputation. He don't care about your money. He don't care about your house you live. He don't care about any of those things. He's coming for one thing, the Word. He's coming for one thing, and it's the Word. Why? Because it's the Word that's going to give you the success in this world that God's promised you. And he said, so immediately he received, and they only endure for a little time, and after time, after the tribulation and persecution arises for the Word's sake, for the Word's sake. Have you ever had somebody say, you know, I was doing pretty good before I got saved? No, you weren't. You were doing terrible. The devil had control of your life. You was in darkness, not in light. You weren't doing good. Come on now. You're the, when they, they tell you that, you said, you lie, you fry. 
You wasn't doing no better. You just thought you were doing better. Well, it seems like ever since I got saved, all hell has broke loose against me. You said, well, here's the deal. You was delivered from hell, and now hell's trying to consume you and pull you back. You're beginning to realize that. Amen? And so uh, it says they only endured for a, a little while, and then for the word's sake, immediately they stumbled. That means they stumbled and fell away. It says, now these are the ones, that's two, two types of soil. These are the ones that were uh, sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So these are types of all. They hear the word of God and all of a sudden uh, they, they receive it with gladness. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for what other things? Entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Isn't it amazing how, how the word, you say, well, the word's all powerful. We're born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible uh, seed. The word of God that liveth and abideth forever. The word of God is powerful. The word can do anything. But the Bible says when you start allowing other things to pull you away from the word, that word is being choked and that word will not accomplish or produce anything in your life. We're reading it, aren't we? And so I'm telling you, when you feel a chokehold on the word, you know the devil's trying to choke it out of you. Huh? People said, I just feel like I'm in the wilderness. Anybody ever felt like they was in a desert? Man, I tell you what, I felt like I've been trodden through the desert. I've been times where I felt like I wasn't receiving. It seems like the word nothing. It would just seem like I just couldn't get anything from God. Anybody ever been there besides me? You just sit there and you say, I don't even want to study the word of God. I, I don't really, that's not, that should not be a real good statement right there. You don't feel like getting into the Word. Well, do you, don't you know there's somebody's got a hand in that? You, you, you're tired. You can do it tomorrow. Anybody ever had those thoughts come? Huh? Why? Because the one thing that shakes the devil up more than anything else, Maria, is when somebody gets the Word of God inside of them. And they start watering that seed in substitution. and they start getting rooted on the inside of them. And you don't let anything, no distractions, pull that from you and pull you away from God because that's what he wants to do. God, the devil does not want you serving God. He does not want you healed. He does not want you prosperous. He don't want the goodness of God to be revealed in your life. He does not want it. And he knows this, the producer of all the good of God in your life is coming through the seed of the Word of God that's working in your life. Isn't that what it says in Ephesians 3.20 where it says, My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could even ask or think according to the power that's working in me. According to the power. See, there's a lot of people, they'll quote that scripture. I'll get out, oh my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Uh, uh, they stop right there. You ever heard, how many has ever heard somebody quote that scripture, but, but they stop right there. But it says, according to the power that works in us. Now he's talking about love there, but I tell you what, it's also the word. According to the word of God, that's what working on the inside of us. It says so all the, the deceitfulness of riches and the, the desires for other things come in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. 
It's amazing how you can say, well, the word of God's going to grow regardless. No, 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 it's not. Not according to this. And Jesus said, we got to understand this parable or we understand none of them. Huh? The words of what? The word is the seed. But verse 20 kind of makes you feel good because I believe this is what you are, what I am. But these are the ones sown on good ground. You're, you know, sometimes we're just say, I'm good ground. We're to say that when we come to church, I'm good ground. And this seed's about to be sown in my heart, the soil of my life, and it's going to take root and it's going to grow and nothing else is going to pull that away from me. Amen. Huh? You, 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 we need to say this. I'm not going to go and major on the, on what I did not understand, but I'm going to get a hold of what I do. I'm going to get a hold of what I do understand. And I'm going to use that word and I'm going to speak that word and I'm going to declare that word and it's going to start growing in my heart and growing in my spirit. Huh? Because here's what Jesus said it would do. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it. How many knows there's an acceptance to it? You have to receive it. You have to accept it. I accept that. Well, I, 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 I've, I've talked to people before about certain things. They say, I don't receive that. I don't believe that. Reading it right from the Bible. I know, I know everybody in here has went through that situation. Telling somebody, you can read it right out of the Bible, and they'll look at you and say, I don't believe that. I don't, well, what else do we have to believe in? That's what we have to believe in in the Word of God. If I can't give you the Word, I can't give you nothing that's going to help you lie. And that's what Jesus was telling them. And he said, they receive it, they hear the Word of God, and they accept it. See, you've got to have a hearing ear. Isn't that what Jesus said? Let him who has ears, what? Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He said, you've got to take heed how you hear. You've got to take, take heed what you hear. So because what you hear and, and, uh, and the way you hear it is going to be what causes the growth in your life. He says, and except they will bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. How many is going for the 100? Praise God. Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy 1.11. It talks about a 1,000-fold. I jumped up to the 1,000-fold. Huh? You said, oh, wow, that really? You mean I can go past the 30, or past the 60, and go into the 100? I'm telling you, you can go to the third, a thousandfold. Huh? In fact, a guy prophesied to us one time, spoke to us, a minister out of the pulpit, said this. He said, you're going to start receiving a thousandfold return on what you've been given and what you've been doing. It jumped in my spirit and says, yes, amen. A thousandfold return. Glory, say it, say it with me, a thousandfold return. Well, it's hard to get that out of my mouth sometimes. A thousandfold return? I hadn't even got to the 30 yet. 60, 100. He says, what's he going to do? The Word of God is going to produce in you and cause you to be fruitful. You know, we're to all be bearing fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100, but we, a 1,000. Amen? And so, we got to understand the devil's after one thing. What's he after? So when he comes your way, what you need to do is just what Jesus did in Luke chapter 4 when he went up on the Mount of Temptation and the devil came and, 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 and tempted him. You said, well, that wasn't a legitimate temptation. Yes, it was. Everything he did and tempt Jesus was legitimate. 
He had a right to say everything he said to Jesus. And every time he came to Jesus, turn this, if you're the son of God, turn this bread into, uh, turn this bread into, uh, uh, let's go there. Turn these stones into bread. Luke. Verse 1, Luke 4, 1. It said, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, in those days he ate nothing. Afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. If you're the Son of God, listen, Jesus has been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. I don't know about you, I get hungry after just a few hours. He was hungry. Jesus, the devil comes to him and, and says, okay, why don't you just go ahead and turn these stones into bread? Let me, let me, let me ask you a question. Could he have? He could have thrown some roadhouse butter on it. <laughs> my kid, we used to go to roadhouse and my, my granddad, they licked the butter out of the thing. They just get me some more butter. They lick that butter. That butter was good. And he could have done that, but he didn't. You know why Jesus didn't do it? Because he refused to obey the devil. He refused to do what the devil told him to do. And besides that, he was the Son of God, and he knew he was the Son of God. He said, if you're the Son of God, try to get him to question who he is. Try to get Jesus to question who he is. See, a lot of people live in question of who they really are in God. They really don't know who they are. And Jesus knew who he was, so when he said, if you're the Son of God, turn these bread and stone. When did he show up? After he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Pretty hungry. You know, he'll try to hit you at your weakest point in your life. It says, but Jesus answered him saying, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Where did that come from? It came out of Jesus' heart. It came out of his spirit. I'm talking about it was a seed in him. You said, listen to me. He was the Word of God. He was the Word of God. He sure was. He was the Word. Y'all believe that? The Bible says in the beginning was the Word. Word was with God and Word was God. Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Word of God. A lot of places in the Bible, it calls him the Word of God. There's three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. It talks about the Word of God. He was the Word of God. But Jesus was a man. He came and humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. He stripped himself of all all his deity and all such as that. And he was totally uh, a one that operated under the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit while he was on this earth to give us an example of how to do it. And so the devil comes in and he right out of his heart, right out of his mouth came these words, It is written. Where was it written? In the Scriptures. So Jesus knew what was written in the Scriptures, so He used it as a defense against what the devil was trying to get Him to do. So you've got to have something inside of you to use as a defense of what the devil's trying to get you to do or want you to do. Listen, the devil will never... Listen, the devil will never let up until you just put your foot down and say, I am not going to do it. I am not going to give in. I am not going to do it. I am a child of God. He didn't have to look at him and say, well, I am the Son of God. I know I'm the Son of God. Well, if you're the Son of God, then turn that stone right there into bread. I know you're hungry. you got to be hungry. you got a body that has to be sustained with physical food. 
You got to be hungry. So if you're the son of God, go ahead and turn in. He said, I'll tell you what, it's written in the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, Jesus was living by what he just said. Because he was God and he was letting come out of his mouth the scriptures, the word of God that declared that. And when he said that, the devil had to go to a different temptation. Did you know I believe you can get to the place that there's certain things that you used to be tempted by, you won't be tempted no more by that? I'm not saying he won't bring a temptation, but you're not tempted by it. Huh? The the devil can never tempt me to rob a bank. You're to go in there and rob that bank. Well, I ought to. i got a firearm. No, I never think that. You've ever been tempted to do stupid things and all of a sudden you say, I ain't going to do that. Even, even things I used to do years ago in my wild, crazy days. He, he, he don't even, he, he don't even try that no more. He don't even offer it to me no more. You say, why? Because he knows I ain't going to do it. You live your life and you say, you know the things I used to be tempted with, some of them I'm not even tempted with it no more. Why? Because he fed the devil failed time after time after time and after time of trying to get you to do it and you refused to do it. Why? Because something had grown on the inside of you that was greater than that temptation and now you're walking in the victory of it and he no longer brings that temptation to you no more. He'll try something else. He'll try to bring something else up. You are to cuss them out. If I was you, I'd just cuss them. Give them a piece of your mind. He said, no, I can't give them a piece of mind, but I'll give it all the way already. <laughs> you, you ever had those temptations? And listen to me. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going I'm to speak the truth to you right now. There's times, listen to me, don't get mad at me. There's times that a cuss word will fly through my mind. Shame on my pastor. <laughs> I know, I know y'all don't deal with this. <laughs> I mean, something happens, all of a sudden one of them old words come up and pop up in your mind. And you're thinking, oh, I don't talk like that no more. I don't even think like that no more. Huh? You say, well, pastor, there's one flown through my mind before, but it didn't exit out my ear, it exited out my mouth. What do I do now? I feel so condemnation. You just say, God, I'm sorry. I repent of that. And you know what God says? Cleared. He said, I know you just little flesh creatures down there. Just flesh creatures. Sometimes you let your flesh get, 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 uh, run, uh, take the authority and, and the lead. And, uh, but you just keep growing. Keep sowing the word on the inside of you. Keep letting it root on the inside of you. Just put those things, cast those things. Don't get under condemnation about it. Don't let the devil rob you of your joy and your peace. You just got to understand that God's a forgiving God. He cares about us and He forgives. So I'm telling you, if you mess up, if you make a mistake, if something comes out of your mouth that ought not come out of your mouth, you go, oh, I'm sorry, God. I repent of it. And He's and say, okay, let's, t- t- let's pick this thing back up and let's go on. But there comes a time that they no longer come out of your mouth. In fact, the thoughts even are less and less and less and less. 
Why? Because the Word is taking resonance. Not, the Word is not just in your heart, but it begins to take over in your mind. He said, gird up the loins of your mind. The Bible says, prepare your mind for action. Because I'm telling you, when the devil throws it in there, you just cast it off. Say, I won't say that. That is not a part of my life no more. I don't talk like that. I don't do like that no more. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But I know this as a human being. I'm apt to make a mistake or I'm apt to fail. But I have a forgiving God. I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, that if I sin, He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins when I ask Him to and forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Now listen to me. That does not mean He gives us a, a, the, 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 a, a blank check to go out do and live any way we want to. What he's trying to tell us is there comes a growth process in your life that there comes a time where the devil is not going to influence you in that area no more because you have done grown up in that area and you refuse to go down that road again. I used to be a boozer. And he don't even try to tempt me there no more. Hadn't done that in 30 some odd years. Because he knew I wouldn't do it. I remember me and my wife going to Dallas one time. You said, oh, you can do anything in Dallas. Nobody sees you in Dallas. <laughs> I found out he just goes everywhere I go. I asked Rusty one time. He makes gumbo. He makes some of the best gumbo there is. And I asked him one time, what? Well, how do you make your gumbo? How, what do you do? He said, well, I put wine in it. A, a wine in it. I said, what kind of wine do you use? He told me what kind of wine it was. So me and my wife was in Dallas, and, and so we uh, went to uh, 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 CVS. CVS. And so I'm on the phone with Rusty, talking to Rusty. I'm going down the wine thing. I'm walking that way. I felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> I thought, what if somebody sees me in this wine section? <laughs> you know, everybody's watching you now. Everybody. If somebody pung my phone and said, he's at CVS in the wine department. What's Prester doing in the wine department? I was never a wino anyway. I wouldn't drink wine to start with. But the thing about it is, me and Linda was over there talking and said, we don't know what kind of... I don't want to ask nobody. I'm too embarrassed. I don't want to ask nobody. They think we're going to drink it. So we go up and said, uh, excuse me, we're looking for a wine you cook with, that you can cook with. Cook. You know, cook, pour it in the pot, boil all the alcohol out, cook with it. And it's almost like Josh was trying to smuggle it out. <laughs> and we took that wine home. And Linda drank it before I could get it in the pot. But anyway, it's a... <laughs> I'm just kidding. If this goes over the air, I'm playing. That's not the truth. I'm just I'm playing. So we made that pot of gumbo up, and I made it in. I poured that cup of wine, what he told me to put in there, and I put it in there. And, uh, you know, I guess it was good. I mean, the gumbo was good, but I don't know if the wine had that much to do with it. And I've been making gumbo ever since without any wine, and it's just as good as it was, it was before I put the wine in, so I don't have to sneak around no more. <laughs> Why? Because it got to the place there was no temptation there no more. There was just no temptation. He can't tempt me with that no more. Because I won't go that way. Amen? And so, anyway, going on to here, and I'm, I'm quitting. I'm going to quit because i got to be over there here in just a few minutes. In fact, I'm going to quit right there. 
But you'll see in the rest of that story, he tempted him in a lot of things. And every time he brought a temptation to Jesus, he said, Jesus said, it's written. It is written. Why? Because something was established in him. He was the Word, but what he's letting us know is this. He says, you can do exactly the same thing. That's the way you're going to win over the devil, is by speaking the Word and speaking the truth to him. You know, there was a, a story in a, uh, John chapter 6 where Jesus said, unless you drink my blood and eat my uh, flesh, you won't have no part with me. And I'm telling you, the, the disciples, all I mean, they threw them in a tailspin. They couldn't understand how. Whoa, what? And the Bible says Jesus uh, 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 went, and uh, the Bible says many of them that day left him and walked with him no more because they didn't understand what he was saying. He looked at Peter and said, are y'all going to leave me too? Peter said this, where else, can, where, where shall we go? You are the one who has the words of life. We have no place else to go. What you say to us inspires us and, and, and helps us. So we're just going to stay with you. You just need to stay with the Word. No matter what comes, just stay with the Word. Don't let condemnation come in your life if you, if you, if you slip up or do something. But I'm telling you, start, start growing in God and watch the power of God build you up and bring you to another level of your faith and walking in righteousness. Amen? Well, you know, that wasn't something I planned this morning, but I think God had it planned. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Father, we love you so much, and we thank you today for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for the Word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Father, we're not going to let the devil steal the Word from us. We're just not. We're going to hold and cling to the Word of God and hold fast to it. God, we're going to be doers of the Word, not just hearers only. And when the storms of life come against us, and they will according to the Word, we're still going to be standing. We're going to be standing strong. God, we know that the Word is working on the inside of us because you said it's you that works in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure, where you are the Word. So you're working inside of us. God, I pray that the Word of God will just not uh, be something we hear and and cast off or let the devil rob or, or choke out what you want to have in our lives. But God, we're going to meditate on it. We're going to think upon it. We're going to come to an understand it where the Word of God can bring us to success in our lives. As you told Joshua, what a good God you are. What a mighty God you are. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your Word. You're a good God. Hallelujah.